Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome to today's program at Calvary Live. So glad that you're with us today. You just heard that number as you are invited to call into the program. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. So give me a call. Love to talk to you about the things of the Lord. Uh, Let's talk about uh, the things that are important to you that are on your mind, on your heart. So this is an hour program. It goes by quickly. Uh, We'd love to talk to you. So grab one of those open lines early. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. And then the text line, as uh, those of you who are regular listeners to Calvary Live, uh, you know there's another way for you to be able to ask a question or to give a prayer request, and that's through a dedicated text line, 720-336-0897. 0897. So put those two numbers in your contacts. And again, welcome to Calvary Live. So glad that you've joined us on this Tuesday. You're listening live. <clears throat> those of you listening along the Front Range in Colorado, up into southern Wyoming on Grace FM, welcome. The snow is done here, at least in northern Colorado. I think for most of the listening area that the snow is moving out. We got about three or four inches and uh, hope you're doing well. The roads look like they're clearing up, so I pray that you're having a safe and uh, uh, easy, easier commute than this morning. This morning, I know it was a challenge. So if you have opportunity, give me a call, 303-690-3000. Love to talk to you, answer your questions about the Bible, about Christian living, about uh, the things that we see around us, <clears throat> what does it mean for us as Christians? How do we respond to those things? I know that perhaps you have questions. Maybe you had a Bible study uh, that you heard that you have a question, or maybe you were talking to some family or friends and a topic came up and you're wondering about certain things. Give me a call and let's explore the scriptures together, look to the Word of God, and let's go get answers because the Word of God gives us the answers. And aren't we blessed as Christians? that we have the Word of God that has the answers for us in life. So I'd love to talk to you. So we welcome all of you who uh, are listening on Grace FM. You're listening live. Also, uh, different stations throughout the nation on Radio by Grace. You're listening live on this Tuesday. So we hope you're having a wonderful afternoon or evening. A lot of you are listening from the East Coast. You're listening live on this Tuesday. Uh, as it's the last Tuesday of January, the month has gone by quickly. And so glad to be with you. So give me a call. And so glad to be a part of your lives, Radio by Grace. And then Hope FM and Truth FM and uh, also Higher Rock Radio. We're so glad to be a part of your lives. And you are week delayed, but you get to call in at that number I just gave to you, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number, 303-690-3000. Grab one of those open lines. We got two open lines now. We're going to go to the phone lines in just a minute, but grab one of those lines. Let's talk about the things of the Lord, and let's encourage each other and bless one another, and and, uh, that's what my prayer is, is that this show is an encouragement to you. And that uh, as you're on your way home, maybe you're in your commute home, uh, maybe you're finishing up at 
the office and you're listening to Calvary Live or at the workplace or maybe at home, you're getting the kids a snack or something, wherever you're at, we'd love to talk to you. So give, give me a call. Also want to welcome all those who are listening online. We have those listening online on the Grace FM app or the website. Uh, you too can call anywhere in the United States at 303-690-3000. And my name is Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley in Northern Colorado, where there's snow on the ground. The mountains are beautiful. I can see some of the blue sky. And, you know, the water is very important to us here in Colorado, so we're grateful for the snow uh, that is on the ground and covering the wheat and in the mountains that have the snow, we're very grateful for that. So even though it's an inconvenience to drive in, uh, we are grateful for the moisture that comes to us. And we're to be thankful in all things, as the Scripture says. So give me a call, 303-690-3000, the call-in number, text line 720-336-0897. Let's go to Chris in Fort Collins. Hi, Hi Chris. Pastor Jeff. How are you today? I'm I'm good. How are you? Okay, doing pretty good. And I thought I'd get a quick call in here before your lines got so busy. And I want to give a shout out to all the new people in the new stations and let them know how blessed they will be uh, by tuning in. (laughs) Yeah. But my question is, and I'm asking it for my husband who's listening, um, when believers go to the Bema seat and they get their degree of rewards, he was wondering, how do you get those rewards? How do they yeah, come about? That, well, I think that's a very, very good question because, Chris, even a lot of Christians, they, they don't realize that when we go to heaven, even as Paul would write in Second Corinthians chapter 5 and also in Romans chapter 14, that we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And sometimes that brings confusion to Christians because they think, i got to stand at the judgment seat of Christ. Uh, what if I'm not good enough to make it to heaven? So when we talk about the Bema reward seat of Christ that, that, uh, that you've brought up, it's an important word because when Paul wrote about that to the Romans, uh, to the Corinthian uh, believers, they knew exactly what Paul was talking about because it's the Bema reward seat in the Greek. Uh, it was the reward uh, place, platform seat, that those of the ancient Olympic Games that was uh, in, in Athens, not far from Corinth, and also the famous Isthmus Games that were in Corinth, that was kind of like the world championships, they would stand, the winners of the events, at the Bema reward seat. And so the they knew that it was speaking about rewards. So for the sake of our listeners, when we talk about we will all stand as that truth is given, again, Second Corinthians chapter 5 and Romans chapter 14, you know, stand at the judgment seat of Christ. It's the Bema reward seat. We're not talking about salvation because we cannot earn salvation. Uh, salvation is a free gift as we come in faith in Jesus Christ. But with that said, also, a lot of Christians don't understand that there are rewards to be given for what we have done for Christ. And it's all over the New Testament. Jesus talked about in the parable of the minas, the parable of the talents, uh, that uh, the talents were given, the mina was given to the servants, and then an account was to be given and how they invested those things. And you can do a, a lesson on that, and you can and you can see that the opportunities, the giftings, 
the gospel that's been given to us, what have we done with it? And to give an account of that. And then also Jesus spoke about rewards, uh, Sermon on the Mount. If you pray, uh, go into the secret place and pray, and great will be your reward as you give. Uh, don't let the left hand know what the right hand is doing. You'll be greatly rewarded. He speaks about how uh, if you give a cup of water to a child that you'll be rewarded. And then Paul talks about crowns to be given, a crown of life, crown of righteousness. Uh, so we do know that the Lord's going to reward us. As a matter of fact, uh, we know that some of the last words of Jesus that we have in the book of Revelation in the last chapter and I want to make sure I, I read it right, that in chapter 22, verse 12, and behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. So the question comes back, Chris, how are those rewards uh, determined? Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 that all of our works are going to be judged by fire. And our works are likened to wood, hay, and stubble, or to precious metals, gold, silver, and precious metals. So when we stand at the Bema reward seat of Jesus Christ, what we have done for Christ, motivated by our love for Christ, because in that chapter, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, as we put this all together, as Paul's saying, we're all going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And then he goes on to say after that is, we are judged according to what we have done in the body, whether good or bad. He says it's the love of Christ that constrains us or motivates us. Our love for Christ, desiring to please the Lord, loving others with the right motives and attitudes. He knows the heart. He knows the intent of the heart. In anything that we do for Christ out of the flesh, you know, anything that we do with the wrong motives, he truly knows that. It's like in the wood, hay, and stubble. It's going to burn up. And then those things that we do for Christ are going to shine forth and we're going to be rewarded. And I I think about how in Revelation chapter 1, in that chapter, that you see the glorified Lord, and it says that his eyes are like flames, is what John describes. And to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 as well. Such a powerful chapter. And I imagine that when we go home to see the Lord, that he's going to look at us with those eyes of flames, those eyes of love, and all the things that we did for Christ and are like Christ are going to shine forth, and all the things unlike Christ are just going to burn up. And then he's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. You know, I'll make you ruler over many. Enter into the joy of your Lord. And then as Jude says, that he'll present as faultless, blameless, before his presence with exceeding joy. You know, and the good news for you, Chris, and for all of us who are believers, is that the Lord's going to present you faultless. He's going to present me faultless. I look at that and I think I'm so far from that. And and he's going to present us to the Father, and both the Father and the Son are going to rejoice over you. And isn't that wonderful? And, and so it's judged by fire, and we know that... Um, we should desire rewards. We should desire those rewards in heaven. And we see that very clearly in the scriptures. All right? Oh, yeah, I think that was a pretty good explanation. Thank you so much. So, I bet you know, this will it, stir some questions that you get later. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and the thing is, because sometimes once in a while, Chris, I'll get 
somebody will say, well, that's selfish to you want to get rewards. I don't see that in the scriptures. You know, Paul looked forward to it. Matter of fact, he said that I fought the good fight. His last words that he writes in the New Testament, I have run my race. I have kept the faith. And there is a crown of righteousness waiting for me uh, and not for me, only for all those who are looking for his appearing. And then Peter talks about the shepherd who gets a reward, you know, a crown. And and we should desire those rewards. And And I want to, you know, I want to please the Lord with my life. And, and I want and I look forward to those rewards that are going to be given because here's the thing. We're like, for example, we saw this last weekend, there's been, you know, a lot of talk about, the playoffs and the football, and, you know, we, we get interested, a lot of us, and for the Super Bowl and for the Super Bowl crown and for the Lombardi trophy and all of this, and, and and that's quite an accomplishment. We have the Olympics next month, right, the Winter Olympics that are going to be coming up in just uh, a few weeks, and we see the athletes at the podiums with the gold medals and, you know, the playing of the national anthem. It's very moving, isn't it? And those are great accomplishments, but those rewards will go away. And what we do for Christ, that is what's going to last, and it's going to last for all eternity. So that should be the priority, and every one of us should desire that, Lord, I want to invest in the things and the opportunities that have been given to me because I'm going to stand at the Bema reward seat of Jesus Christ. And here's the thing, Chris, that, you know, when we get to heaven, we're not going to say, oh, I wish I would have you know, spent more time, you know, at home or more time in my hobbies or more time, you know, doing this and that. Um, Listen, we all have things we enjoy doing, but what we do for Christ, that's what's going to last. So I hope that encourages everyone who's listening. Yeah, very good. Very good. Thank you very much for explaining that. You bet. You're welcome. Thank you for calling, Chris. God bless you. (laughs) Thank you, and you too. Bye-bye. All right. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. Got an open line. Text line 720-336-0897. So text me a question or a prayer request. Listen, live for the Lord, because not only are you going to be blessed in eternity, but you're going to be blessed now, presently. And, And one of the things that when we finally make it our own, that as I live for you, Christ, that's where true fulfillment and satisfaction and real purpose is going to come in life. And and so I just want to encourage you, live for the Lord. Don't live for this world. We're all in the world. We all have things we have to do, cares of life, responsibilities. We can enjoy doing different things. I enjoy doing different things. I, you know, I enjoy going fly fishing and things like that. But my priority is, Lord, I want to please you and live for you. And and I know that that's what brings real joy and purpose and satisfaction and fulfillment and peace. As Jesus said, I came to give you life and life abundantly. So hopefully that encourages everyone. Hey, let's go to Heather in Pennsylvania. Heather? Hi. You're on Calvary Live. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you for calling. Hi. I just have a question. Um, mm-hmm. My my dad passed away four months ago, um, kind of suddenly. Um, he was a very Christian man, preached to everybody, um, read his Bible in and out, couldn't wait to get to heaven with the Lord. Um, and 
I, I'm struggling because yeah. um, I just miss him so much. Um, and so I pray to God every day to give me a sign or something. Um, I know that when we get to heaven, we're in a heavenly body, and we're not really connected to the earth anymore. So when people say, oh, your dad is watching over you or things like that, Mm-hmm. I, I, I know that's not true because my dad wouldn't, you know, want to see me crying every day and in pain. So he's not watching over me. Yeah. I believe God is watching over me, but he's, you know, in heaven. And um, I just want to know if there's anything in the Bible about signs or I pray to God for him to just let my dad come to me in a dream or something mm-hmm. and, it, and it doesn't happen so i just yeah. wanted to know more about heaven how mm-hmm. is there any connection to us at all you know heather first of all i'm sorry for the loss of your father it's hard and uh, you're talking to somebody who um has had a dad pass away and my dad was a believer and he you know was a big part of my life and uh you know, he taught me about how work is good. He was a hardworking man. He was a good man. And uh, he didn't get saved till he was in his 60s. But uh, we watched him go through, you know, Alzheimer's. And it was hard and it was difficult. And um, it's been a few years since he's gone home to be with the Lord. And you're grieving right now. You're grieving over the loss of your dad. And that grief is a, it's a long journey and it's a very difficult journey. And what you described to me, as you said, he was a godly man, and you said that he was ready to go home. And as you think about it, you just, I think you're missing him, and you're wanting a sign, but you got something better. You have God's promise, and you have God's word. And God's word says, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. And you know, it's hard for us because the separation is on this side of eternity, you know, it's hard and it's painful, but it's only temporary. And someday you're going to see him. And, and the reunion is going to be so joyous and it's going to be uh, for eternity. You have the promise of the Lord that those who are in Christ, to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. He's with Jesus. He's in the glory of heaven. He is in a glorious, wonderful place. And you can rest in that. You can rest that, you know, the whole reason Jesus went to the cross and died for our sins and cried out, it is finished, and he was buried, but he rose again and he conquered sin and death. And now whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life, that you have the promise of God's word that your father is with the Lord. Your father is with the Lord. And I just quoted from Jude that that promise of Jude is one of my favorite verses in all of scripture that to him who is able to present us faultless before his presence with exceeding joy and your father was presented before the father because of jesus christ and the father and the son rejoiced over him and that's the promise of the lord that you have and that is the hope we have a living hope peter writes because of the resurrection of jesus christ it's not a dead hope so you have the word of god and you have the promises of god of the assurance of eternal life, and you hang on to that, all right? You yeah. hang on to that. And you, okay. you stand on that. 
and I want to pray. And you know what? God made us to grieve. God made us to grieve, and and you're going to grieve, and it's okay to grieve and go through that process. But God also wants to bring you comfort, and he is the God that brings us comfort. And I think about uh, in Second Corinthians when Paul begins that letter, he says that God is the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our tribulations that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with we ourselves are comforted by God. And as you go through this grieving process and you miss your dad because you love him, but you can have that hope. And then as Paul says to the church at Thessalonica, we don't grieve as though we have no hope. Now, Paul didn't say we don't grieve. He just said we don't grieve as though we have no hope. And as the Lord continues to comfort you and bring strength to you, and, you know, it isn't that when we have somebody who passes away and dies that we love very much that sometimes people will say, you know, you just need to get over it. We don't get over it, you know, but he will help us get through it. He will help us get through it, and he'll give us strength. And in the sadness, when there's a hole in your heart and you feel the pain, stand on the promise that your dad is with the Lord. And he's in the glory of the Lord. And you're going to see him again. And that's a promise that you can hang on to. Okay? Yeah, thanks so much. Can I pray for you? Yes, please. Father, I pray for Heather. She's grieving over the loss of her dad. But Lord, uh, he's more alive now than ever. And as she described, he was ready to go home. Because we're just pilgrims passing through. And we have the hope of eternal life. We have a living hope. It's not a dead hope. It is a living hope. And he's very much alive in the presence of Jesus. And that she would rest in that. And that you bring comfort to her. And that you would bless her. And Lord, strengthen her. And that she would be able to bring that words of comfort to others that maybe perhaps she talks to, to those who are grieving. But Lord, right now, Heather needs to know, just reassure her by your spirit and with your comfort, that that he is with you, and your promises are true for us. Your word is true for us. And so, Lord, uh, I just pray that that joy in her heart would remain, and, Lord, the strength that she needs, and, Lord, your comfort would just grow in her heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much. Bless you, Heather. Thanks for calling. Thank you. You bet. Absolutely. You have a good evening, okay? 303 is calling number, I believe. We have an open line, text line, 720-336-0897. We're going to go uh, from Pennsylvania over to Maryland to Mike. Mike? Mike? Mike. Okay, Mike is gone. Mike, uh, I'm sorry you were waiting, but has anyone, uh, it's kind of an interesting question, ever used the exact tomb Jesus was buried is the place they say on tours to Israel, the exact tomb, how can we know? Well, um, the thing in the Gospels, in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we know that the tomb was near a garden uh, where Jesus died, uh, and uh, we know that it was close to where he died on Calvary. And as you go to Israel today, there's the garden tomb that is there, and the garden tomb uh, is very close to one of the spots where we believe that Jesus died. You can go there today. It's a bus depot right now, 
but you can on the side of the cliff, the out rocks, uh, outcrop rocks there. There's you can kind of see it's it's eroded over two thousand years, but what looks like the face of a skull. So that's one of the the possible locations. There's another place, the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, that they believe perhaps where Jesus died. And and not to get into the debate about it, but I think the Garden Tomb is a very good um, case for where Jesus died on top of Mount Moriah, right outside the Damascus Gate, and nearby was a garden, evidence of it. Um, archaeologists have found, and then there's a tomb, so they call it the Garden Tomb. Joseph of Arimathea, that he would hewn the rock out, um, a, a tomb, for, and that would be very expensive. And it was a tomb that had never been used. So it had never been used. Jesus borrowed it for three days. So we're pretty confident that that's perhaps one of the where Jesus' um, body was. Um, there's no evidence of Jesus' body ever being found. There are those who tried to uh, have false claims of it, but um, I think there's a, a good indication that perhaps the garden tomb was the place, in fact, that Jesus died. And we can't be 100% sure. The important thing is is that Jesus was placed into a tomb. The gospel is very, very um, specific. The gospel writers say it was a tomb that had never been used, and that Jesus rose again after three days, and there were all the witnesses of his resurrection and the accounts. And we'll be looking at it more closely here uh, because Resurrection Weekend's only three months away, less than three months away. And uh, so, you know, because of the eyewitnesses, the accounts, uh, we can be sure of the, the resurrection of Jesus Christ took place. Whether it was in the Garden Tomb or Church of Holy Sepulchre, the important thing is the record is there that Jesus is alive and he rose from the grave. So good question, Mike, and I uh, wish we could have had that conversation. You could have hung on. Let's go to Alexand- Alexandra in Aurora. Alexandra? Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. What do you got for me? Um, I had a question about Catholicism. So I have been raised in a Christian home all my life, but I do have a few friends. And my boyfriend's actually Catholic, and so me and him have actually, actually talked about it a lot, and I've, I've gone to church with him, and he's gone to a Christian church with me. And one thing he was asking me is why Christian churches don't do communion every week. And so I was kind yeah. of curious, because I had not, never really thought about it before, because um, I know they do it every week at a Catholic they- church. Yeah, they do it every week. They do it at every Mass. And um, because I grew up in a Catholic church, and the Catholics also believe in, you know, transstantiation or whatever that big fancy word is, that they're actually eating the body of Jesus and um, and taking of his blood. Uh, Jesus said when he instituted the Lord's Supper in that upper room, he said, do this often in remembrance of me. He did not say that you have to do it um, every week. He did not say you have to do it every day. He just said, do this often. So there's no uh, guidelines given to us except to do it. Um, And how is often? Is it once a month? We here at Calvary Chapel, we take a communion once a month. We could do it once a week if we wanted to, but we do it customarily on the first Sunday of the month. That's when we do it. The second thing, too, is, um, you know, as we do come to the communion table, 
for him to understand that it's a, we do it in remembrance of him. It's not eating of the actual body of Jesus and the blood of Jesus. In John chapter 6, Jesus was talking to them about, come and eat of me. And whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I'll raise them in the last days. And, and so the people were saying, this is a weird saying, you know, and they began to leave. But Jesus began to explain himself. Because when you go through John's gospel, he, he's talking in the spiritual realm. People were thinking of it in the physical realm. So what I want you to do, Alexandra, I didn't know that the, the uh, break was coming up on me so fast. So can you hold? Yeah, and I, I want to follow follow up we got break for about 90 seconds those of you listening we got an open line 303-690-3000 we're going to be right back and continue with alexandra welcome back to calvary live give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897 Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. My name is Jeff Biggs of Calvary Chapel Greeley, usually with you on Mondays and Tuesdays, and so glad to be with you on this Tuesday afternoon. Pray you're having a blessed day in the Lord. Uh, Maybe you're you're headed home uh, from work, from school. Uh, Maybe you're going to work. Maybe you're going on the swing shift or whatever it may be. Love to hear from you. Give me a call at 303-690-3000. We've got plenty of time in the show. We've been working the phone lines since the top of the hour, and we're going to continue to do so. But if we have time, there's another way for you to be able to ask a question or to ask for a prayer request, um, and that is 720-336-0897. That number is a dedicated text line, and I want to remind you that that is a text line that is available 24-7, for you to be able to give a prayer request and the uh, staff at uh, and the pastors at Calvary Church in Aurora, where Grace FM originates, will be praying for you. And during the show, we'll be looking at some of those as time permit, those prayer requests uh, and questions. But uh, as you text in a prayer request anytime, day or night, there are going to be those who are going to be praying for you. So that's just a wonderful, wonderful resource. But we want to go back to the phone lines where um, Alexandra was asking about communion. And Alexandra, are you still with us? Yeah, yeah, I'm still here. Thank you. I appreciate you holding. So uh, yeah, there's there's, there's no specific that we have to do it every week. Some churches do it every week. Uh, some churches do it once a month. But the Lord told us the main thing is to do it in remembrance of me. And, and I was reading to you from John chapter 6 that Jesus was talking about that he's the bread of life and that whoever hungers and thirsts and, you know, come to me and eat and drink, and, and you'll have eternal life. But sometimes there are those who believe that as you have communion, that those elements turn into the blood and body of Jesus. And Jesus went on to say that it is the Spirit that gives life. The flesh profits nothing. They they all began to leave. They're thinking, we can't understand this. What do you mean, you know, eat of your body, eat, you know, drink of your blood? Jesus was talking in the spiritual realm. And we know that, for example, in John chapter 3, when Nicodemus came to Jesus and said, we know that you come from God, no one can do the things that you do unless God is with him. And he, it was the master teacher of Israel, Nicodemus. I mean, he taught about the law. 
the sacrifices, the the feast, all those things. And Jesus said, Nicodemus, if you want to see the kingdom of God, you must be born again. And Nicodemus is thinking in the physical. He's thinking, what do you mean? that Can you a man enter his mother's womb a second time? He says, no, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, but that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Don't marvel that I say to you that you must be born again. You go over to John chapter 4, the woman at the well, and Jesus begins to talk about you know, living water. And here this Samaritan woman's going, as Jesus is there at Jacob's well, she's going, this this well here, Jacob's well, it's deep. You don't have a bucket to draw from. You know, where do you get this water that you're speaking about? Jesus would talk about living water as those who come to worship in spirit and in truth. And then John chapter 6, he's talking about fellowship with him and remembering what he did. So in that upper room, when it came to instituting the Lord's Supper, Jesus said, here's my body broken for you. Take and eat the bread, and here's my uh, the cup that you drink, which uh, is uh, represents the shedding of my blood for the forgiveness of sin. Drink it in remembrance of me. And when we come to the communion table, we're remembering what Jesus did for us and taking of the bread and taking of the cup Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. And it's important for us to do that because it brings us to the cross. It brings us to that place where we remember what Jesus did for you and for me. But the flesh profits nothing. It's the spirit that gives life. And he says, the words that I speak to you are spirit and they are of life. So hopefully that answers the main question that you have. Yeah, it does. Thank you so much. Yeah, I've always had um, a hard time explaining to Catholics because I just because I wasn't raised and I don't really know much of the differences, but also how um, Catholics pray to like the saints and everything. And I. Right. Yeah. I And my boyfriend actually asked me, well, why wouldn't you pray to them? And I said, I just told him I won't bow my head before anyone but Jesus. That's the right. only person I will pray to ever. And you know what's going to be a real key for you, Alexandra, is that you go to the Word of God and you say, this is what the Word of God has to say. You know, this is, this is what God's truth says. And, and in, um, in Paul writing to Timothy, he would say that we have one mediator uh, between God and man, and that is the, the man, Jesus. That is, uh, we have, let me find it for you, the, the text for you. There's one mediator uh, in First Timothy chapter 2, verse 5, for there's one God, one mediator between God and man, and that is the man Christ Jesus. It isn't the, the saints. There's nowhere in the Bible that we are told to pray to the saints or to Mary. Mary is not a co-redemptor. Um, Mary was a very special woman. She's exalted among women, but Jesus died for her sins. And it's interesting when you go to the book of Acts in chapter 1, when you see the disciples or chapter 2 that are praying, Mary is mentioned as being there. She's praying with the disciples. They're praying with her to the Lord. They're not praying to her, okay? Um, And so there's nowhere in the Scripture that says that we are to pray to the saints. There's one mediator. There's one God and one mediator, that is Jesus Christ. We go directly to him. Then in the book of Revelation, and and you can kind of explore these things, that when Jesus was writing to the church of Ephesus, he's commending them on their works. And he says, 
that you also hate the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. And Nico means to rule. To Nico means to rule. Like we get our word Nike, you know, buy a pair of Nike shoes and you jump higher than everybody, you run faster than everybody. Laetin, where we get the word laity, there is a doctrine that you rule over the laity. And the thing is, Jesus says, I hate that doctrine. And the reason that he does is because we can go directly to him. That's why Jesus died. We don't go to a co-redemptor. They can't save us. A saint can't save you. Mary can't save you. Jesus paid it all on the cross. So that's what you want him to begin to think about because he's been entrenched, and I know this growing up in the Catholic Church, in tradition, in religious tradition, and we need to give them the Word of God. And, um, And this is what the Word of God declares, the truth of God's Word, and just pray that the Lord will open his eyes to these things and, um, and you know, just free him from those things that come along of purgatory is another thing that he might talk about. There is no purgatory in the scriptures. It's appointed once for man to die and then the judgment. You either go to heaven as a believer or you're separated from Jesus for all eternity. So these are discussions that you're going to have with him, and you want to equip yourself with the word of God so you can minister to him the truth of God. All right? Okay, thank you so much. That was so helpful because sometimes I just, I don't know what to say um, to him. And I also, I don't want to be like put him down in any way. And so You don't I, have to put him to, down. Yeah. Yeah. And I've you, been trying to find don't. a way to tell him the truth without making him feel like he doesn't yeah. know, like know anything because he's very passionate about his faith. Yeah, absolutely. And you you know, and that's there's wisdom in that. But you want to give them truth. You want to stand on the truth. And the other thing too, there's some good resources out there. One book that may be very helpful is um Reasoning with uh, a Catholic by Ron Rhodes. R O N R H O D E S, Dr. Ron Rhodes. He writes these booklets and how they answer those questions. And that's a good resource for you so you can Go on, you know, line. You can look up Ron Rhodes and his books. He's got How the Reason with, you know, the Jehovah Witnesses, How the Reason with the Mormons. And he writes these booklets out and how they answer those questions to equip you to be able to minister to him. And, you, you know, and you're wise in that. All you're going to do is say, here's what I do know. This is what the Bible says. And the Word of God, here's the thing. The Word of God is alive, Hebrews chapter 4. Let the Word of God do its work in his heart. And just pray that the Lord will open up his eyes and his ears, you know, to the things of the truth and um, and see what God does. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much, Pastor Jeff. I appreciate it. You bet. And I appreciate you calling. Okay. Thank you. You bet. Absolutely. Let's see where I'm at. Uh, 303-690-3000. Let's go to Miranda in Denver. If Miranda? Yes. Hi, Pastor. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for holding. Yeah, no problem. Um, I just have a question. Um, I was on TikTok today, and I follow a lot of different Christian pages that I just I look through every day and, you know, find inspiration and to help bring you back to your senses sometimes when the world might get the best of you. And I come across this post where it looks like a stadium of people work. Christ and 
you know, almost brought tears to my eyes. I get goosebumps. And I went to the comments to make my comment that, you know, Jesus is king, praise him. And then I see people being so ugly towards one another about <laughs> the use of surprise, the name surprise. Yeshua. Yeah. And, Go ahead. And Yahweh. And the mm-hmm. people are being ugly towards one another, saying, oh, you're an occultist, you're a Satanist, if you believe that, that's not true. And I'm just calling for clarification. I've always understood that Yeshua is Jesus' name in, I don't know which language, um, but in another language outside of English, and same for Yahweh. So I just was hoping yeah. you can shed some light on that. Well, Yahweh, Y-H-W-H, was, uh, you remember the story in the book of Exodus where Moses sees the bush burning, it's not being consumed, and he he goes there and the Lord begins to speak to him. And um, the Lord says, take your shoes off, Moses, you're on holy ground. And Moses said, what is your name? So I can go back and tell the people what your name is. And the Lord said, I am that I am. You tell the people that I am has sent you. Well, the name of God, that's the name of God. I am has been translated Yahweh, Y-H-W-H. And the ancient Hebrew scholars and rabbis made it in scribes to where there's no vowel, so you couldn't pronounce it. And the reason was is because they reverenced the name of God so much um, that that's why when Jesus came along and said, My Father, he spoke to God as his father. It really, that really got under their skin. And I'm the father's son, and I do nothing apart from the father. So I am that I am, and it's been translated Yahweh. That's the name of the Lord. And then Jesus comes along in John's gospel, and what does he say? He says, I am the bread of life. I am the resurrection and the life. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the door. I am the vine. He makes these statements, seven statements of deity. And in John chapter 8, I believe it is, that he says to them, most assuredly I say to you before Abraham was, I am. Egil Amin, the name of God. And they took up stones to stone him. And, and you know, he's asking them, why do you stone me for what work? And they said, not for any work, but you being a man claim to be God. They knew exactly what Jesus was saying when he said, most assuredly I say to you before Abraham was, I am. What Jesus was saying is, I am the one that spoke to Moses from the burning bush. I am God, Yahweh. And Yahshua is just the Hebrew, I believe, for Jesus, which means the Lord thy salvation. And um, so I don't know what the, the problem is with that. Joshua uh, being the, the, the Greek name, but Yahshua. And remember that it was uh, Matthew in, that were recorded in chapter 1 concerning the birth of Jesus, that Matthew, don't be afraid, or Joseph, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she should bear a son and call his name Yahshua, that is Jesus, and he will save his people from their sins. The Lord thy salvation. And, you know, here's the thing, that it wasn't that uncommon of a name. I think there was lots and lots of Yahshua's, Joshua's in, in the land at that time. But heaven says that this is the one that heaven is naming that is born that night in Luke chapter 2, 
that is laid in the manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes, that this is the one that is truly Yahshua, the Lord thy salvation. This is the one that's truly going to do it. He's going to save his people from their sins. And of course, he's also called Emmanuel, as we know from the Christmas story, God with us. God is with us. So I don't know what the what the problem is or what the backlash is, but the thing is you just rejoice and um, rejoice in what Jesus has done for us. Yahweh, um, the name and that Jesus came and claimed to be the one. As he said, before Abraham was, I am. I am. I am God. Hmm. Well, thank you, because, I mean, I was I was really taken aback, and, and quite honestly, like, I was offended that I was called an occultist and a Satanist for believing that. I was like, oh, my gosh, like, those are horrific things to say about a person, and I know I love Jesus with my heart, yeah. mind, and soul, and it just, it was hurtful for me to say that. So I was like, you know what? I'm calling in. I'm going to ask Pastor <laughs> Jeff, <laughs> and I'm going. Well, I'm glad to, you did. To find out and, for certain, because some people yeah. just and the, yeah. And the thing, Miranda, and you know this that there's there's all kinds of stuff on social media and comments and and what I you know always encourage myself and everybody else is focus on reading the scriptures, you know, listening to good Christian radio like Grace FM good Christian teachers and stuff. And, you know, we we can be on social media and stuff, but, you know, it can be a downer. It can be um, just a lot of stuff that's on it. And, um, you know, just focus on the things that are going to be uplifting and true to you. I will do that because it, it did. It really upset my spirit. I was like, oh, my gosh, yeah. I, I got I to gotta get to the bottom of this. I have to. <laughs> <laughs> So, let me let me give, let me give you a quick verse, and I think this is good. And it may be just not only for you, but it may be for whoever may be listening today. But I always try. This is a verse that I've tried to teach my children, and and my congregation is for myself. But Paul, writing in Philippians chapter four, he said, "Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, and whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, and whatever things are pure." Whatever things are of lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. And I think that's a good, good, wise uh, verse to give to us to remember and practice in our lives. I agree. And you said that was Philippians chapter 4? Yes. Okay. I, I made a note of that as well as just to confirm, you said Yeshua is translated to the Lord thy salvation. A, yeah, the Lord thy salvation. I, I didn't know that that's what it actually meant, I but I always understood that Yeshua was another name for Jesus, and that's just that's yeah. awesome. Like, that's just so awesome to learn that. And Yahweh is, I am that I am. That's just I am that awesome. I am. Yeah, great. All right, thank you for calling. Call in anytime, okay? 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. Text line 720-336-0897. Steve has been holding on line three. Steve, you still with me? I certainly am. How are you? I'm doing all right. And I pray <laughs> everyone else is staying nice and warm today. Yeah, you know, we got that snow, and it's a blessing. 
I heard that. (laughs) Yeah, it's a blessing. Inconvenience, but it's tremendously a blessing. So, hey, what do you got for me? Well, I was curious about Exodus 4. Uh, Later on in the the chapter, it says that uh, Moses had already agreed with... uh, with God to go back to Pharaoh, and he had gotten permission from uh, uh, Jethro to take his wife and sons along with him, and he was on the way, and then it uh, said that the uh, the Lord met him and sought to kill him. Um, I can't quite understand that. Yeah, you read that and you think, what's up with this, you know? Um, But there's a very important application to be made. And that is, here Moses is told by the Lord, you're going to shepherd my people. He's about ready to shepherd a nation of two and a half million people. We know that the covenant of circumcision was given in the book of Genesis, that um, that you know they were to circumcise their sons on the eighth day. And it was an outward mark of, uh, of that they belonged to the Lord. And here was Moses, that he had a son. He's on his way, and he had not done that. And I think the very important, you know, so Zipporah, um, she takes a sharp stone, cut off the foreskin, cast it at Moses' feet, and she said, surely you're a husband of blood to me. And um, and she ended up having to do what he should have done. And what I get from that is um, I think a very important application is is that Moses was going to go shepherd two and a half million people, but he ignored his own responsibilities in his family. Moses should have done that. Moses should have circumcised his son. And, and you know, the, the thing is he didn't. He ignored that. And I know for me, before I can pastor this church and before I can, you know, shepherd a lot of people, that my family is my first responsibility and raising my children in the ways of the Lord. Now, my children are are all grown up, and they're adults, but I still have a ministry to them, and I don't want to ever neglect them. And a lot of guys that want to get into ministry, particularly young guys, I tell them, your ministry starts at home. Your ministry starts at home. And uh, to circumcise the foreskin of your heart and to make sure that you're loving your wife as Christ loves the church, um, to make sure that you're raising your children in the ways of the Lord, and listen, Steve, none of us do that perfectly. But the Amen. thing is, we don't want to neglect that. And that's what I see with Moses. Moses, you're going to go lead all these people for 40 years, but you didn't take care of what you should have, and your wife ended up having to take the lead in that. And we as men are called to take the lead in the home. And I want to encourage all the men that are listening, listen, God has commissioned you and ordained you to lead, to lead in your home. Love your wife. Take care of your kids. And uh, and make sure that that is being done. Okay. Yeah. So he was just uh, under the old uh, law, and yeah. just hadn't taken all the steps. And uh, who knows if that would have been an issue if it would have come up uh, uh, after Christ came. But but uh, yeah. but it was yeah. before Christ came, so he was still yeah. under the old law. So it's still an interesting text, Thank isn't you it? Very much. Yeah. Yeah. You bet. Absolutely. Thanks for calling, Steve. Be careful out there, okay? Thank you for the word on uh, uh, the leading. Uh, I needed you that. Bet. I needed that a lot. Yeah, lead your family. All right, let's go. Let's go to Destiny. Destiny. Destiny, are you with us? Destiny. She just recently uh, accepted God in her life, 
and wants prayer. And I, I want to pray for her. She heard us on in Texas, and I wish we could have. She was holding a little bit. Destiny, if you are listening, um, you know, we're going to pray for you. Um, I'm so glad that Christian Radio, uh, almost, you know, was used to bring you to the Lord. And um, so, Father, I just pray for Destiny. I just pray that you would uh, be with her, help her as she's uh, just come to Christ and um, in her new faith that you would grow her. And not only just in Christian radio, she listens to good Bible teaching, but Lord, also I just want to pray um, that you would help her to find a church. And I pray that you would help her to be in fellowship, to be in a church where she can grow in the Word of God. And Lord, that your hand would be upon her and grow her. And uh, Lord, just fill her with your Holy Spirit right now. So I lift up this one who has heard us and, and called in, but but Lord, you know who she is and where she's at. And I thank you for your saving grace. And I just pray your hand be upon her in every way. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, folks, that's why I want to remind you, it's so important Support your Christian radio station. Those of you who listen to Grace FM, support Grace FM. It's the best thing on the airwaves um, here in Colorado. I really believe that, and I mean that with all of my heart. If you're listening on Hope FM or Truth FM or Higher Rock Radio or Radio by Grace, support those those Christian stations. And um, and uh, it is so needed. The Word of God is so needed across the airwaves. You know, Satan is called the prince of the power of the air, and we've invaded his territory. So pray for those stations because the enemy would love nothing more than to try to get those stations to go off the air. And there's real spiritual battle that comes behind that, and even spiritual battle that comes in those teachers that are teaching the radio programs that are on the air. Pray for them. Pray for those teachers and then also um, pray for, for us here on Calvary Live. The Lord is using this program to reach so many people, and it's such a an honor and a privilege to be a part of it, people from across the nation, uh, even international listeners. Um, and uh, we have a listener right now listening in Ukraine, and we want to pray for them. As Father, we do pray for Ukraine as they're facing a possible invasion from Russia uh, there's uncertainty, there's fear. We just pray that you would intervene in that situation. And Lord, um, we know that um, there's um, those things that are taking place in the, this world and um, wars and rumors of war, nations against nations, and the perplexity of nations with distress are part of the signs. But Lord, we do pray um, that somehow you would work and we don't know how it's all going to play out, but we commit it all to you. And this one who's listening in Ukraine um, that they would be safe. And, um, Lord, the Christians there, um, that you would be th- with them as well. As we see these upheaval, those in Afghanistan, that uh, missionaries still trying to get out, and Christians that are there, their lives in danger in the Middle East. Lord, we just pray for them as well. Across the world, the Christians are being more persecuted, that we would be light in this world that we are in. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen. Hey, there's one text question. We're towards the end of the show, but I really wanted to um, just address it very quickly before we go off the air because I think it's a question that perhaps maybe some of you that are listening are feeling this way. It says, when I got saved, I had lots of joy, but it seems like I've lost it. How can I get my joy back? And 
And that's a very honest, very real question. And David would write in Psalm 16 that in your presence, Lord, is fullness of joy. Um, today you hear about weird things about running through joy tunnels, just just crazy things. Listen, there's no secret to it. It's not running through a joy tunnel. What it is is that in your presence is fullness of joy. And then we know that the Lord would say in John chapter 15 um, when he says that we are to abide in him, that we abide in him, abide in his word, abide in his love, and he goes on to say this, and this is the real key. He says that I have um, these things I've spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. You want to have a fullness of joy? Stay close to the Lord. Stay close to the Lord. Know him, walk with him, enjoy him, abide in him, abide in his word and abide in his love. And and you are going to have a fullness of joy. And joy, I want to remind you, is much deeper than happiness. Happiness is dependent upon circumstances. But joy is just having that sense of calmness and peace and rest and assurance that the Lord loves me. He's with me. He's working in my life. So stay close to him in his presence, his fullness of joy. David understood that 3,000 years ago. And disciples were told that in that upper room 2,000 years ago. God's word declares it to us, so it's true for us today. That you abide in him, stay close to him, and look for the Lord's return. Because he says, when you see these things come to pass, look up and rejoice, for your redemption draws near. Hey, you hear the music, had a great show today, and um, appreciate everybody's calling. Calvary Live will be back tomorrow, same time. So hope you can join in. God bless you. Have a great evening. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.